We got Verizon 5G home internet. It's from Verizon. Safe choice, right? Well, some things that look great end up being not so great. Like the time you bought a shrimp roll from a gas station. Ugh. Or when you bought that used sports car. <laughs> What about when we got Billy that drum set? The point is, Verizon 5G home internet sounded great. But turned out to be something else. And we deserve fast, reliable internet. We deserve Xfinity. It's time for better internet. Switch to Xfinity. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash Verizon 5G facts. Hi, this is Marissa Meyer. And this is Delaney. And this is Sloan. And you're listening to the Prince Kai Fan Pod. Welcome to episode 155 of the Prince Kai Fan Pod, a Marissa Meyer Book Club podcast where Captain is King, Marissa is Queen, and I am your host, Beth Annie Finger. This episode is brought to you by Rampy and Crew patron supporters and Michael from Badass Literature Society <laughs> Podcast, who is our tech support for the evening. Yay! <laughs> Please welcome back Barb from Badass Literature Society Podcast. Yes, hello, hello. Hi. I know you've been on like 20 episodes, but let's pretend that somebody's very first episode <laughs> is 155. Tell everybody about you and your podcast. Sure. It's kind of funny. If you're jumping in at 155, you're a brave soul because that's like right? in the middle. <laughs> um, it's just like 70% inside jokes. Like, I'm right? not even sure it's understandable. I was going to say, it's like, yeah, like that would be tough on you, but like kudos to you, I guess. Um, <laughs> I would not do that, but that's just me. Anyways, so yeah, I, I co host with uh, Michael and Lauren. And uh, we do a monthly podcast where we rate and review books recommended to us by our listeners. And the first half is spoiler free. And then we do a more in-depth spoiler heavy review after the fact. And we also try to do like bonus episodes here and there once a month if we can, if we're not like super busy. But ours is a monthly podcast technically. Well, because you do a whole book. Yes, we do a whole book and uh, Lauren is a mom. So that's all she can, you know, do for a month. So we try to kind of keep it more doable for her so she can still do it with us. So Oh, very understandable. I mean, yeah. I don't have kids, but I understand from an outsider's perspective. Right. I, we don't either. So <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about what you're currently reading. Yes. So um, for funsies, I am currently reading Crown of Feathers by Nikki. I'm going to butcher this last name. I think it's <laughs> Pau Preto, I think is how you say it, but I'm not okay. for sure. Um, and I'm really enjoying it so far. I've had these books for a while now. I'm finally I'm getting to it. I'm like working backwards. And I think this is like a 20, like 17 book or something like, or maybe 20, yeah, 2018, 2019. So my TBR is very, very long. <laughs> so, um, Same. Never yeah. ending. <laughs> right? It's just uh, book lovers' issues. Our TBR just keeps growing. But Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then for the podcast, I was technically reading Big Summer by Jennifer Weiner, I think is how you say the last name. But I had to pause that because I accidentally forgot that we're doing a bonus episode on another book. And that one's actually coming up sooner. And so I've had to switch gears and I haven't started that one yet. And I cannot, I can't, ugh, can't honestly tell you 
what it's called off the top of my head. But I haven't started it. And Understandable. I did an oopsies. I We were just talking about it today. And they're like, oh, yeah, why are you reading that? Did you finish the other one? And I was like, um, I'm sorry. I was like, oops. <laughs> So, um, yeah. no. what other one? Right, exactly. I felt so <laughs> silly at the moment. I was like, oh, crap. So now I have to shift gears. So here we are. <laughs> How about you? So I just finished a few. I read the Girl of Glass series by Megan O'Russell. I read Christmas in Cypressville by Kristen Tazen, which was adorable. I also listened to the audiobook version of that Mm -hmm. one, and it's great. She did a phenomenal job. I obviously read Cursed by Marissa Meyer. (laughs) Also listened to the audiobook. We know Rebecca Solaire did amazing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I read the new Daughters of Evale book by Shonda Hahn of Secrets and Slippers, which I'm wondering if it's going to be the last one. And that kind of bums me out. So there's seven. They're all on Scribd. Mm -hmm. If you have that and you want to take advantage of it. I actually don't know what that is. Scribd is kind of like, it's kind of like Netflix. (laughs) Oh, okay. It has like eBooks and audio books and you get to, you get to borrow them. And I think it's like $9 a month. Oh, okay. Cool. I didn't even know that was a thing. Nice. Yeah. It's like one of my favorite things. And this entire series in audiobook and ebook is on there. So I listened to the whole thing. And hmm. um, I'm pretty sure this was the last one, which is kind of a bummer because I just really loved <laughs> I just really loved it. That was a, that was a great series. Mm. Um, so highly recommend, especially if you're listening to this podcast, because that means you probably like fairy tale retellings. Right. That they're a bread and butter genre. And of course, nonstop, I've been listening to the new Midnight's album by Taylor Swift. Yes, I feel like I've been putting everything else on hold and just doing that. And I'm like, oh, no, I maybe should like actually live my life like a normal person. (laughs) I haven't gotten sick of it yet. I've just been like, and I I got the Target version. So Mm -hmm, I have mm -hmm, those bonus tracks and I got the 3M versions. I have those bonus tracks. Same. Same. That's all I do. I feel so bad for Michael because like anytime he's driving, I'm like Taylor Swift. And he's like, "Ah, it's been like two weeks. I was like, it's never long enough. Oh, I know. Right. Well, Quentin and I have rules. So like if we're in my car, I get to pick. And if we're in his car, he gets to pick. So lately he's like, we should take my car. And I'm like, "Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm mm-hmm. Settle. (laughs) See, I think we would have that. But because Michael works from home, he doesn't do a lot of driving. So whenever we're hanging out, and we have to do something he'll do the driving because I feel like he enjoys that and so I'm like please do because I actually have to drive for work so (laughs) So then it wouldn't be fair if he's the only one who got to pick I'm just saying so my pick is like (laughs) I reserve it for like a Taylor Swift moment and that's all we listen to for like a month and I like he memorizes it all together I'm like yay sing along (laughs) oh I love that yeah Quentin I don't know I'm kind of bummed with him because he does like the album as mm-hmm. much as he would like any Taylor Swift. This is the guy that mostly listens to like corn and in this moment. So like Taylor <laughs> this is Swift way is out. Not, it's not really his jam, you know? I get it. I get it. <laughs> so there are a few songs that he likes. I'm bummed because my favorite song is Be Jeweled and he can't stand it. He doesn't like the plunkiness. Oh, his, I love his word that choice. song. And I'm like, what? That's my favorite part. And he's like, no, my ears are just like cringe right now. <laughs> I'm like, this is so unfair. I mean, he's entitled to his wrong opinion, you know? <laughs> well, we just talked about how much he likes sweet nothing. 
very melodic, although yeah. he did say it would put him to sleep. So, uh, you know. fair. It's a good it song. It could be said about the entire folklore album. So, I know, like, you know, we're driving. It's it's 26 hours for us. So it's quite a bit of a drive. And, like, oh, I was. Goodness. Where I are know. you going? Back back to Kansas. Oh, gosh. That is a long drive. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, of course, like, you know, we, we get a pick, you know, the songs that we do. And as much as I love folklore and Evermore, like, I don't think it's, it's, yeah, it's too not slow to keep you awake while exactly. driving. Exactly. Especially because like, I just want to drive all the way through. I hate stopping because I feel like I'm like losing ground and stuff. So yeah. I need something to keep me awake. And I, as much as I love those two albums, like those are my jams. Like I, I just can't with driving with that. When I'm driving. So like, actually I just drove back from Utah this morning. I got home okay. around, I got home around three 30. Um, so it's a, it's about a five and a half hour drive and mm-hmm. I drove there Friday so I could spend my father's birthday with my sisters mm-hmm. and I just, I go back and forth. I was listening to an audiobook, I was listening to podcasts. I was listening to midnights. I just, and you know, what's so weird and this is probably going to sound weird to everyone listening, but for some reason, while I was driving, I got like a lot of ideas for my book. So for like 45 minutes, I just recorded a voice memo. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so I need to go through that at some point and like decipher what I put on the voice memo and turn it into my story. That's such a smart idea. I've never thought of doing that because normally I have ideas when I'm like driving or something and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh no, I'm going to have to remember. And then, you know, you get wherever you're going and you're like, crap, what was that? Such a great idea I just oh my had, gosh. you know? You know, my ideas become something huge and I don't mm-hmm. know why, but they do. So like for the book I'm currently working on, the entire thing is based on one sentence that I thought of while I was on a run. That's crazy. And, that's, and that's that good. sentence is word for word in the book. But mm-hmm. for some reason, but like, that's all it takes for me sometimes. Yeah. Is it just like, I just need one little spark and then my brain kind of connects all the dots. Well, like, mm-hmm. well, what would cause that kind of conversation? Well, if you have the, who would have that kind of conversation? Well, what was their backstory? How did they meet? Like, and I just end up with all these crazy ideas in my head and I have to somehow put them together to complete a story. Um, and lucky me, it's nano. So I kind of have to, I got to oh, yes. hustle. We're already 13 days in. I'm only at like 5,000 words, but I believe in myself. Yes. Yes. That's the spirit right there. That's amazing. I'm excited to hear about that then. Yay. I don't, I'm so like keeping stuff close to my chest because I'm like worried. I don't know why. I don't blame you because I would be the same. I mean, so I write for fun. I've never actually attempted to do anything outside of that. Um, mm-hmm. But anytime I do, Michael's like, can I read? And I was like, no, like it's just for me. Like, yeah. And he's like, well, I let my critique partners read it. That's, well, that's, yeah. That's that, about that it. <laughs> yeah. I, I just. I mean, I used to be like when I was a kid, I did um, fan fiction and stuff like that. And I'm it's, the crazy part is like realizing that um, Marissa wrote that. I'm pretty sure like I used to read her stories and that's just like a full circle for me when I realized that because I never put two and two together until like I learned that, that she used to write for that. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I was I on that website. Her pen name was Alexis Blade. Yeah, I feel like I'm sure if I logged in into my old profile, although I think she removed her content because I think you have to, I think, right, I when think you're published. I think she did, yeah. Alicia yeah. Blade. It was Alicia Blade. Yeah, okay. when you publish, um, or at least she did, right? Mm-hmm. She she chose to do that or her publishers or lit agent or whoever. Right. 
Yeah, but yeah, because I used to like read like crazy and like read for that when I was a kid. And it's just funny to think like, I was like, I wonder if like some of these like works are actual authors now that I have like no idea, you know, because it used to be like such a stigmatism. But now I feel like she's doing no, such I a good like job. I feel like people have embraced it more. They have. Yeah. yeah. Like listening to her podcast, I'm always so shocked when so many of them are like, yeah, like, you know, I, I used to write fan fiction. And that's where I started. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's so cool. I wonder if I read your stuff, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it's more like I – I feel like people in general are now more accepting. I know you and I are like almost the same age, right? I was was talking to Ashley about this a few weeks ago that I feel like the current generation is so accepting. And I feel like when I was in high school, the thing was to fit in. Mm -hmm. You did not need to stand out. You wore the stupid Air Apostle t-shirt, American Eagle jeans. You straightened your hair. You had the ridiculous polka dot eyeshadow thing. Why did we do that? Like, There's a lot of stuff. (laughs) I'm like, what? (laughs) Like, I remember when I was in high school, the big thing, that was it. If you were even slightly different, Mm -hmm. you were just completely ostracized. And I feel like now people are so accepting of like, being different and being your mm-hmm. unique self and being your weird self and finding your your inner voice and I'm like so excited for this new generation to see like where they Same. go. Same. With all I'm of that. jealous too. I wish we had that. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh my gosh. Like I remember, like you said, like we couldn't really like you had to just conform with it because if you were a little bit different, like you got ostracized and now I've like seen all these kids like that. How many books and TV shows and movies were centered around changing someone? Right. <laughs> you change their entire appearance and identity. And now everybody accepts them and likes them and they're popular and they get to fall in love and have a happy life. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like at least 70% of what we watched and absorbed during that time frame was all about changing your look to fit. Right? It was like, um, if you wore glasses and had your hair in a ponytail, you were not considered cool. And I was like, what the heck is wrong with that? Like, it's funny by the end of it, you would like nowadays, I feel like if they did a show like that, then by the end of it, the person would like go back to being their original self Mm -hmm. and everyone would love them for who they are. But like when we were like, I'm thinking specifically of movies like She's All That. Like, she yes, didn't go back same, to herself. Same. She stayed that conformed person. And people were like, see, aren't you better this way? And she's like, yep. I really am. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no adjustment here. And it's, why is it always that? It's it's curly hair got straightened because that was yes. cooler. And you glasses have, have curly contact. hair, so we know yes, how that is. Exactly. Yes. Like, it wasn't until our Lord and Savior, uh, Taylor Swift, who embraced yes. the curly hair that it turned into a thing. That it was like, ex- it was socially acceptable mm-hmm. to have curly hair. Yep. Yep. So I remember those days where I spend like hours straightening my hours. hair. Hours. It rained and you straightened oh, your hair. Girl, let's not even talk about <laughs> that. The holder. <laughs> uh, it was awful. The humidity in my hair did not get along. And so like, even if I straighten it, if there was like a scent of freaking oh, humidity, yes. it would poof up like Hermione it's Granger. It was gone. awful. Yes. Same. Same. Mm-hmm. And that was the worst part about straightening it is you yep. never knew when when it was going to rain or get like just a tiny bit of moisture in the mm-hmm. air. And my hair sprinklers. Would, right. My hair would never stay straight after straightening. It would still start like curling at the ends and stuff. I don't or know why. Waving. Yeah. It was yep. just 
fighting the old good fight there for the girl. <laughs> but I love that about the current generation. I love that they're so accepting and they mm-hmm. love you. They love uniqueness and they celebrate each other's uniqueness. And um, there's videos all over TikTok about like having curly hair and how to take care of curly yes. hair. And it's I'm like, so where nice. was this? Exactly. Like, I was like, it took me until like my now to be like, oh, these products work for, you know, like before I would never use products for curly hair it was always just normal because they didn't have it I feel like and if they did like at least where I was from like they didn't have it at my normal like you know Target or something like that or Walmart like you had to go to a specialized place and they never you know like I never knew about this kind of stuff the big thing when I was in high school was that orange scented um bedhead oh yeah do you remember that it was everywhere and everybody smelled like like that and the sweet pea smell from mm-hmm. Bath and Body Works. Uh, PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> There's like flashbacks to high school where I'm like, oh, this was this was rough. <laughs> Speaking of curly hair, our girls. <laughs> we have two two curly haired queens in today's fan art. The first one is from Feels Ships Fandoms on Deviant Art, and it is of Scarlet. I Love this fan art. First of all, she's wrapped in, her arms are wrapped in ropes. So it's very indicative of when she um, was uh, imprisoned on Luna and she was about to get her um, interrogation with like Lavana and the, the and Sybil and the court and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I love her face. She somehow looks terrified and determined. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how the artist did that. Just good job, dude. Like, Let's be honest. I don't know how they do have this stuff. It's I'm always so impressed with the artwork. Like I know. The I'm like, I can't even describe it the right way, but you yeah. guys are over here killing it. Like the shading that you can see on her face, like you said, like the expressions on her face is just gorgeous, yeah. darling. Like it really it's amazing. The, the, yeah, I've got yeah. nothing but praise, you know. Same. And I love every little piece of it. Her jeans are ripped up. Mm-hmm. Her she's got her hoodie on, of course. Of course. I love that her hair isn't just red. There's like streaks of orange and yeah. yellow in it, which like married to a redhead. That's exactly how red hair looks. <laughs> right. It's never like, well, let's be like, no one particular hair is ever going to be just one shade. One color. Like, we, yeah, like, yeah. We have multiple. And you can see that, like you said, very well in, like I said, shading. I don't even know if I'm saying the things correctly in like art form, <laughs> but like, it's, it's good. It's there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know for me, like my hair, I always think it looks like wood because it's just brown, but there's like all these different streaks of brown in it. So, so, you know, it's, (laughs) I have such dark brown hair that most people think it's black and I thought it was black until yeah. like, you literally just mm-hmm. said that. See, most people do. <laughs> most people think it's black. But, like, um, I will never forget this. And I was, like, on a high when this happened. So, in high school, our teachers, like, had our us take, like, you know, a, a piece of hair out and, like, look under a microscope to see our hair. And under a microscope, that crap is brown, baby. And I was like, ha! So, I was like, all to my friends. I was like, look at my hair. It's brown. I told you. That is so funny. I so was um, I was actually born with like jet black hair. Um, oh, really? And I, my hair is brown simply because it gets lighter when I go outside mm. because I spend so much time in the sun. I like mm-hmm. to be outside. So like, but my hair is also really, really thick. Mm-hmm. So if I were to put my hair like half up, half down, 
<laughs> like the underneath is all really dark brown. Same. Yeah. The top is like light brown. Light. Yeah. <laughs> and it looks very weird. Yes. That's what mine looks like too. Like my yeah. the tips and stuff are a lot darker because I I think the sun like obviously hits the top of my the head top more. Of your head, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. So my hair is definitely the same. Like it's lighter up top and much darker brown in the bottom. So I just love funny. when that kind of realisticness comes across in the mm. in the artwork. Yes, like I said, yeah. I have no idea how they do it, but it's amazing how and like the little details like that is really what brings it it's incredible. Like, yeah. Speaking of details, this next one. Oof. So this is by M-A-L-U-E-C-E-H on Instagram. And big thank you to them for letting me share. Because guess what they normally do not do at all is let people share. Really? Yeah. It even said on their page, like, do not share my stuff. So, like, I had to message them and, like, explain who I was. Mm -hmm. And that I was going to give credit and all this other stuff. But they were nice enough to let me share it. And thank goodness they did because this is incredible. Mm -hmm. It's a so first of all, if you can't see these images, please visit the Prince Guy Fan Pod website or Instagram so you can take a look at the artwork as we discuss it. You'll be doing yourself a disservice if you don't. Right? This is honestly, this is probably one of my favorite depictions of winter because the picture literally looks like it's frosted. Like I Mm -hmm. feel like if I touched it, it would be cold. Cold. Yes. 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 Agreed. Yeah, and it's beautiful. So it's winter in her um, her soft blue dress, uh, which I believe is the one she wore to when they met the Emperor Kai for the first time. But I could mm-hmm. be wrong, and I'm sure people will be happy to tell me if I am. <laughs> Aren't um, they always so ready to? Like- <laughs> they are so ready. They're love, so ready. I love fans, but <laughs> every once in a while, I get one, and I'm like, "No, I wasn't wrong. Here's the proof." <laughs> vindication (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i love this first of all her face also looks sad Mm -hmm. she looks sad her scars are very evident but they don't um distract from the image just like Mm -hmm. she's described in the book and then there are pieces of her clothes and her body and her face that are like literally frosting yes Yes, and it reminds me of the quote in one of the chapters that we actually have, you know, that where she's like, well, I don't want to spoil it just in case, but still. It's- <laughs> where she says, I, I, I'm falling out. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what you're that's, going for. <laughs> as soon as I saw that, like, it just that image just sparked with that section of that you know and I was like oh my gosh yeah. like this was that was rendered beautifully by this artist like it's it it's really was and like so I said cool. big thank you for letting me share because I know that this I know that when it comes to your work you want to keep it to yourself and you want mm-hmm. to make sure you get credit for it so I genuinely appreciate people letting me take the time to share it and and talk about their work and you can find both those artists on Instagram and on the Prince Kai Fan Pod website actually if you go to the Prince Kai Fan Pod website you can see every piece of artwork I've ever shared all the way back to 2019 when the podcast first started. So if you're if you're ever like, man, I forgot to look at this one or I forgot to look at that one, do not worry. It is there. It is available <laughs> whenever you have the time to take a look at it. Whenever you're like at home and you're bored and you don't know what to scroll through on your phone, I've got you covered. I've got amazing. you covered. That's say amazing artwork. Amazing artwork. That's what we do. <laughs> So let's talk about our chapter titles real quick. Last 
time Patreon members got to vote for chapter titles. Chapter 55 is Whatever It Takes by Imagine Dragons. Chapter 56 is Unwell by Matchbox 20. And chapter 57 is I Want a Monster to Be My Friend by On Vogue or In Vogue or however you say that. I'm very sorry if I'm wrong. Oh, I haven't heard of that one. I haven't either. I had to go look it up. I might have to do that now that you've mentioned it. Right? I I love that though. Like that's one of my favorite things about choosing songs for chapter titles is I get to be introduced to new, new music and new Mm -hmm. musicians. Yeah. Okay. So chapter discussion. Okay. So today we're covering chapter 58, 59, and 60 of Winter. Last week, we left off with Scarlet and Winter finally arriving at the mutant wolf soldier compound, ready to go in and be like, hey, pretty please, will you join (laughs) Princess Celine?" Just like that. (laughs) Exactly like that. (laughs) Chapter 57 ends with Alpha Strom saying, ready to play. Mm -hmm. And we pick up right where that ends off. We're in Winter's perspective. And not surprising, she starts to hallucinate. It's an ideal moment, right? Absolutely. <laughs> I would also be like stressed out and, and struggling to adhere to my surroundings. And she's very confused by their behavior because they're so different than Ryu. Yes. I thought that was a good contrast because she was like, oh, they're, he's, you know, like they're not acting like he would. I was like, oh, sweetie. <laughs> and she met. For however brief of a time, but she did meet Scarlet's wolf and Mm -hmm. he also wasn't like, he didn't behave this way. Right. So that's her two experiences with wolves. Yeah, they're on a different wavelength than (laughs) what she's used to. (laughs) Well, they have different genetic makeup. They have different training. They have different uh, character motivations, I guess. Um, that because these are the uh, how would you call it i'm trying to think of like how to describe it because like wolf was a a brand and i feel like this is like the next tier up right yeah i feel like hmm i feel like wolf is bare knuckle boxing and mm -hmm. the mutant soldiers are ufc yes that's like bare knuckle boxing can get bad right but there are limited there are limitations Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. ufc there, like, what is it? You can't fish hook and you can't eye gouge, and that's like it. You can do everything else. <laughs> everything, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. You can do anything to the other person. It's terrifying. That's so, like, I would, I would compare it. I would, that's would be my comparison. Like, they're both rough and vicious, but like one of them is just a little bit easier to digest. Mm-hmm. That's actually a very good explanation. Thank you, Bethany. <laughs> yeah, I did it. <laughs> helped. I was like, I can't. I don't know how to describe this, and you're like, here, let me help. <laughs> So one of the new perks on Patreon that I just added is that Patreon members now get to give me their notes for every episode. So Morgan from Patreon says, her asking the mutant wolf soldiers to play fetch is LMAO. I love her (laughs) so much. To me, this is how she shows them. She is willing to be differential to them. She doesn't want to rule them, but to work together. Love it. 100%. I also think that it's just like a really good way to break the tension for readers because at this point we've spent like four chapters thinking they're about to be ripped to shreds right and so i think this is a good way for marissa to give the readers like just a tiny bit of relief 
while she's stressing us out. (laughs) Right. I feel like winter is like it's slaps. Would it be considered like slapstick humor? Because like she's not intending to be funny, but in a roundabout way, you kind of have to like chuckle at it because you're like, oh my gosh, she's you know, like obviously she's she's has is having hallucinations, so it's like she's not quite there, so she's not intentionally being hurtful or any of that stuff, and you kind of have to do like a double take and be like, is she serious right now? Like you're about to get your head ripped off, and this is like that's what you're gonna say to them, and it kind of eased that tension, you know. I also think that. It's one of those moments where it's, like, organically funny. Right. You know, like, nobody is – it's not like Thorne who's telling a joke or being sarcastic mm-hmm. to try mm-hmm. and make everybody laugh. It's like you said, like, it's it's sort of slapstick. I, it, well, I don't know. Is slapstick when they, like, I do something stupid? I don't remember. Intentionally <laughs> into a wall and it's like, ruh, ruh. I don't remember. I'm using stuff, terms that I don't really know. Let me see. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm looking it up. This. Comedy based on deliberately clumsy actions. Okay, oh, so, so it's yes. not deliberate. So she's okay. definitely not deliberate. Yeah. Like a, I still think it's like a good um, organic and, and natural, mm-hmm. authentic way to to have a break the tension. And it helps a lot with our next scene. So during her hallucination, she cannot keep it together, despite Scarlet being like, dude, come on. Now is not a good time for this. <laughs> it ends up happening that the wolves have to hold her up because she like cannot physically stand anymore. Mm-hmm. And this is when Scarlet Scarlet uses this to their advantage. She says, "Yes, she has lunar sickness because she refuses to use her gift unlike Lavana." She's just Scarlet with that man with that little driving that point home. Mm-hmm. She's so smart for it, you know, like she was like, this is a bad time for her to have a hallucination. Wait, maybe it's not. Right? Like, let me just maybe spin this back around to help. Yeah. <laughs> How can I make this work? And she's not lying. Like, this is mm-hmm. very true. Everything she's saying is true. You know, she's pointing it out. True, yeah. So, yeah. Just another reason that we love our, our so girl quick. Scarlet. So quick with so it. Like, so quick with, on, like, on her feet, you know? I don't um, know if I would. I think in my... I think if I were in this position, my reaction would be to comfort Winter, not to take advantage of the situation. Right. Everyone needs a group, uh, Scarlet in their group, because right. not- <laughs> like I don't know how everybody else would react to this situation. Honestly, I think most of them would try to comfort Winter mm-hmm. instead of take advantage of the situation. Now that I'm now that I'm reflecting on it. Yeah. I guess Jason would just be like, I dare you to make fun of her right now. Right. Like, <laughs> yes, overprotective. <laughs> Winter starts to sing while Scarlet tries to use her hallucination to recruit the wolves onto their their side. And eventually Winter completely falls to her knees and the impact completely just, it shatters her illusion and it brings her back to the present. But before she can absorb that information eight thaumaturges show up at the door of course perfect timing right perfect timing (laughs) winter's presence when she you know used her palm to get into the barracks it alerted lavana and everybody else that she was out there and alive and so eight thaumaturges showed up immediately to assess the situation 
And I'm not going to lie. I remember the first time I read this thinking like, oh, it's over now. Like they're going to capture Scarlet and Winter just like they captured Wolf and Cinder and they're about to haul them back to Artemisia. Right. Especially because eight seems a little much for two quote unquote girls that Lavana isn't so worried about quote unquote, you know, like mm-hmm. that, that seems a bit much, don't you think? Like, that's just, I don't know. Yeah, I thought that too. I was like, well, this is it. Like, they're pinned on one side by the wolves, the other side by thaumaturges. Like, like, how are they going to get out of this? There's just no, you know, no way. I did not and I think it's this happening. It's really good that we get a couple of, like, we get a little bit of information that I think it, it could be an information dump, but I think Marissa does it in a way that it's not. So, like, for example... Alpha Strom is like, hey, there's 11 of us and only 8 of you. Why are there 11 packs and only 8 thaumaturges? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hint, hint. <laughs> right. I think that what makes this work, every element that comes together. Spoiler alert, and by the end of this chapter, they decide to go with them, okay? Right. <laughs> I think what makes it work is all of the elements. Winter having her hallucination. Scarlet smelling like one of the other, like smelling like a a wolf. I do actually think that helps. That tells them that, number one, you actually can work with the humans and the lunars, Mm -hmm. and it's fine. Number two, there is a possibility to be something more than this mutant who destroys. However small it is, that possibility is there. And however much they want to deny or pretend that they care about that possibility, I don't think that they do. I think they care. I think they genuinely care. They just, you know, you're not going to admit that. Right. Right. And then I think the the thaumaturge just showing up right now and demanding that the wolves, like, do their job and protect their queen like they're supposed to when Winter and Scarlet were just telling them, like, wouldn't it be cool if you were your own person and got to make your own decisions? Yeah. Like, perfect timing. Right. I feel like they kind of put their foot in their mouth in that one. Right. they're like, oh, what are you doing? Like, we command you. And they're like, um, these kind of, like, what they're saying kind of makes sense now. Because you literally just came in here and demanded our services, you know, and now they maybe have a valid point. I mean, and that's literally what happens. They come in and they're like, ooh, we thought the princess might be here. And then they're like, look, the country is in upheaval. Thamas are dead. Guards are dead. Soldiers are dead. There's been assassination attempts on the queen. Like, it is time for you to do your duty and protect your country, your planet. I'm putting that in quotations. Right. And your, <laughs> and your queen. And Strom is like, what if I don't want to? Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, that's not up to you. And he's like, I think it is. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but the Thamas, I don't understand this pain. I don't understand it. So the wolves cannot be controlled by Thamas. How do they feel this pain in their head? Is it the gift? Like telling them they're in pain even when they're not like Jade? Like Jane from the Twilight series? Oh, you. I didn't think about that until you just said that. It doesn't make sense to me why they're suddenly in pain and it's only in their head, especially if they can't be manipulated by the gift anymore, if they can't be controlled by it. Are you thinking it's not like an actual physical pain? It's all in their head, but it's. I think it's in their head. You know, okay. I think that the Thamas are making them believe that they are mm-hmm. in physical pain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because the wolves can be manipulated by 
the gift in other ways. You can't control their bodies and their minds, Mm -hmm. but you can still manipulate them. Otherwise, they would all know exactly what Lavana really looks like. Right, right. So you have to be able to use some glamour on them, right? Because she can keep up the facade of her beautiful beautiful appearance, right? So, Mm -hmm. So it has to work to a certain extent because otherwise, there's no way that all of those mutant wolf soldiers would have seen exactly what the queen looked like and not had some kind of reaction. At least one of them would have had some kind of reaction. Right, exactly. So I feel like there has to be at least some of the pain or some of the the element that works there. Now, I will say, those of you listening, I am not by any means an expert. I make mistakes all the time. (laughs) If there is something in the text that fully and gratifyingly explains this concept of pain and how the Thamas induce it into the mutant wolf soldiers, email me. Let me know. PrinceKaiFanPodGmail.com. Tell me what it is so that I can explain it to everybody else. I did a good two hours today of looking through all of my books, trying to find a specific Mm -hmm. explanation that like genuinely identified what this concept is and I could not find it. So... So this is this that's my thought. I think it's similar to Jane from Twilight where it's not actual physical pain but they're they're manipulating the neuron receptors in yes. the brain to think that think they're in that, pain. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think you might be right. After you yeah. said that, that's how because I was going to say it's something like that and then you you said that and I was like, "Yes, yes, 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 yes." Yes, that's my theory, and I'm sticking to it for now <laughs> until somebody can explain it better. Agreed. <laughs> So what happens is, again, this is another thing that perfectly, it's great timing. The Thama tries to, well, not tries to, the Thama tortures mm-hmm. Alpha Strom. And Winter, her little heartstrings are pulled. Ah, uh, the scene. So she she's reminded of, of Ryu with the whimpers, and she tries to comfort Strom. And this is a huge turning point. And Olivia from Patreon says, this is the moment they knew. Winter refusing to use her gift really helped win them, them as in the soldiers, over. Mm-hmm. Because next thing that happens, all of the Thamas are dead. Yes. So fast. It happens so, so fast. I, I can't. have. If you were in that scene and you like sneezed, you'd miss it. And you'd be like, where'd all these dead bodies come from? This is weird. <laughs> people are just piled up all dead what the heck this has so weird well so literally what happens is there's there's this moment of winter is trying to comfort strom that's on page 498 the the whimper that Strom releases reminds her of the sound of ryu dying when jason oh my gosh um, all right killed him R.I.P. Man, I still it's too soon, too soon. Right, and this is what happens. Strom even asks her, like, "You have the lunar sickness because you cannot control people like they do." Referring specifically to the thaumaturges, mm-hmm. and she says, "Ah, but I know what it is like to be controlled as much as you do." She could use her gift, but she doesn't. She refuses to do so. I'm like reading the long. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So if you go to page 497, page 497, Holt says, I ordered you to, and it stops. The soldiers all converged on their masters, mouths snarling and enormous hands ready to shred and claw and tear. But then one of the Thamas steps out 
Alpha Strom falls in front of her, curled into a fetal position, and screams because it's he's being tortured by the thaumaturge. Mm-hmm. There's a crunch of two two paragraphs later. There was a crunch of bone, the tearing of tissue, and then it's over. A quick glance confirmed eight bloody bodies. Yeah, it even says like the so fast. fight. If it could be called a fight, was over in seconds. Like yeah, seconds. Yeah. Because, because, and it's so indicative of the scenario. It's like what Olivia was saying. Like, her refusing to use her gift is exactly what pulled them to her side. Because as soon as the Thomas started torturing them, they remembered why they hate the gift mm-hmm. so much. It's like a PTSD response. Right. And mm-hmm. immediately Strom is like, so you refuse to do that. You would never do that to somebody. And she's like, I can do it. I have the ability to do it, but I refuse to do it. And he's like, okay. It's easy enough for them, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And this is where we get the beautiful line that where Winter says that she's thawing out. And she tells them that if they're, if she tells the soldiers if they're still hungry, there's aristocrats at the, in, in Artemisia. And even if the queen, all they have to do is fight for Celine. And they can feast to their heart's desire. I love that she played into that for them. Like, she knows exactly who they are. And she's like, well, I'll just give it to you. You know, like, if you fight for us, you can... This is more. More of this will be happening. And I I mean, the way she says it, too. Like, nonchalantly. (laughs) Yeah. What's the exact word she used? I know you still want to eat my friend and me for what a juicy, tasty snack we would be. (laughs) But if you choose to help us instead, perhaps you will soon be feasting on the queen herself. Mm. Yeah. Incredible. Way to go. (laughs) Becca from Patreon says, just thinking how Cress and Winter are so similar, referring to this scene. Mm. They both have a quiet strength about them. I think people are surprised by what they have to offer. 100%. 100%. Who would have expected this from Winter? She's got like three Braveheart speeches in this, <laughs> in these chapters. And they all work. Exactly. And like she said, quiet strength, because it's not like physical prowess, but it's mm-hmm. still the, the beauty of that is the strength that they have in that. And oh, love it, love it. <laughs> love it. It's perfect. So the chapter ends with Strom saying, all right, we will join you. You have convinced us. And Winter howls. Love that. <laughs> um, to which I'm assuming Scarlet is just sitting there like, okay. WTF. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about your chapter title for this one. Yes. So I was in between a few, but I decided on Howl by Florence and the Machine. Absolutely love um, this song. I don't want that band. I know, same here. And it just made me think of this particular uh, song by them. Uh, So, uh, this part here, like it's the very beginning, it says, uh, If you could only see the beast you've made of me, I held it in, but now it seems you set it running free, screaming in the dark, I howl when we're apart, drag my teeth across your chest to taste your beating heart. And then it goes into, like, now there's no holding back, I'm making to attack, my blood is singing with your voice, I want to pour it out. It's just kind of this whole scene, I feel like it's them deciding on what to do and on their side to, you know, to join them. So, I like it. I think yeah. it's a good. And we were just talking about nostalgic high school and Florence and the Machine was Ex- very popular when exactly, we were in high school. Exactly. Two, uh, 2009 brings back memories. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 
16-year-old me could never. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, I loved Florence and the Machine. Especially this album was amazing. But Oh, it really was. And, you know, it was, like, one of the first albums where I felt like uh, they got the credit they deserved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I chose Eat Me by Demi Lovato. Uh, you guys, I loved Demi Lovato's new CD where she went, like, alternative pop like pop rock style (laughs) or whatever Mm -hmm. i was like this is gold i love it i loved that whole album but i immediately thought of this because the lines are you'll have to eat me as i am and for some reason and it's like a very hard edge song okay it's not like corn or slipknot (laughs) or anything but like it's got a much harder edge to it than most of demi's music i say that um but like so the the lines that i think is perfect is I can't spoon feed you anymore. Dinner's served. It's on the floor. You'll have to eat me as I am. Hmm. I know, right? It's so good. Actually, And then there's like a part where she says choke on it. And I'm like, damn. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like, I just, I think it fits the thaumaturge is dying, basically. (laughs) Yes. Like, it's a big F you, essentially. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and and that's exactly what we're getting right now from our girls. We are getting some perfect FU. And honestly, I'm happy for the I'm really happy for the soldiers because I feel like they've been manipulated for so long and now they get to be like I, I mean, think murdered. Like I'm not endorsing murder. Okay. I'm not saying like I'm Star happy because they they are, no. <laughs> like, I'm just saying like they they deserve to have a good life and I feel like this is their moment. And taking back the power. Yeah, choices. Like they never had a choice yeah. before and they're finally taking that power back and be like, you know what? Like we want to make our own this is literally their f- first choice that they've ever made for themselves is we will fight for you, you know? Yeah. And I and think here's that's how very powerful. It. Yeah, very powerful moment for sure. Yeah, 100%. So let's talk about your quote for this one. I mean, you pretty much read it. It's the, and won't her flesh be more satisfying than ours? Like, that's just, yes. like, Winter is not someone that you look at and go like, oh, she's got that hard edge, you know, like you kind of mm-hmm. mentioned. She's not that. But that right there is kind of like, you know, she's she's she has that in her if she has to. And she says it in such a, like, a, nonchalant kind of even like in a joking like haha matter that it's like you kind of have to be like you know what yes girl (laughs) like you're right you know and I just I just love that I also think that I also think that winter you know it's like um it's like what Becca from Patreon was saying like this is her quiet strength Mm -hmm. and that's another example of it Mm mm-hmm yes one, like, I'm totally going to, like, love up on Marissa here, but <laughs> I, oh, I'm sure you're, you're not going to mind. <laughs> fangirl away. <laughs> yes, I'm going to fangirl away here because, like, as someone who I enjoyed reading fantasy novels and sci-fi and all this stuff, but sometimes it always irked me because it, it's either you have the the women characters are either, like, in distress or need to be rescued by the dude or you have like these tough as nails women, which is fine. Don't get me wrong. I like that too, but it's kind of nice to see someone who has it like most women. We are both. We can be both. And that doesn't mean we're not strong. It doesn't mean we're not weak. It's both. And that's this. She writes 
them so well. Like they're so like three dimensional and, and, and this is a, such a great example of the quiet strength that is still a strength that you just, most people think like, Oh, she's not, you know, swinging a sword or like this kind of strength or even like scarlet strength. It's just different. And it's nice to see all four of them and how different they are, but still saying the same thing. So, and, and Marissa, you're amazing. <laughs> and she does such a good job of showing that in mm-hmm. such a unique way so that they're all individual. There's no, exactly. they're not like carbon copies, but this one is brave, but this one is, you know, a little bit shyer, but this yeah. one is, yeah, they're not carbon copies of each other with like one or two personalities changed. Exactly. I think that they're very easy to identify as individual people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. So mine was, I am thawing out. I don't know why, but I just love that. And I love Rebecca Solaire's delivery in the audiobook because in the audiobook, she sounds so strong and affirmed and like, this is what I'm doing. Where it's like, it's like, well, what are you doing? And it's like, I am thawing out. This is her moment. This is her clapback. This is her saying like, this isn't going to hold me back. Mm-hmm. And exactly. I just, just everything. I just love it so much. Just sheer perfection. It's uh, <laughs> Marvel at the writing. <laughs> oh, I know. So chapter 59, we are in Scarlet's perspective. We are still in the cave. I love Scarlet. she is like yeah 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 you guys all fight for us great and then she immediately steps in front of winter like but you'll fight for us not against us and you Mm -hmm. won't touch her without Mm -hmm. my permission like ah i just love how even this could be like a moment of celebration where you let your guard down but not with scarlet no and i like how she put the rules on them she's like okay like you're you're going to help us but there's stipulations like you said like you can't harm like just rando people like you can only hurt like the you know quote unquote bad guys you know she's like it's not a free-for-all here and it's like and i love how so quick she is with that like ground rules this is what you need to follow and then yes. i just love he's like oh i can see why wolf lets I you. Love her response. <laughs> i'm not looking for personal yes. commentary <laughs> <laughs> you understand she said shoving a finger at strom that by agreeing to help us you can only attack Queen Levana and the people who serve her. No civilians whatsoever. Not even those obnoxious aristocrats, unless they pose a threat. Our goal is to dethrone Levana, not slaughter the whole city. And we're not giving you all a free meal ticket either. We expect you to follow orders and make yourself useful. That could mean training some of the people from the sectors in how to fight or use weapons. Or it could mean carrying injured people out of the line of fire. I don't know. But it does not mean you get to run rampant through the streets of Artemisia, destroying everything in sight. Can you agree to that? Strom held her gaze, his ferocity once again turning to amusement. I understand why your mate chose you. I'm not looking for personal commentary. I mean, yeah, it's a brilliant speech, and I absolutely love, Mm -hmm. I'm not looking for personal commentary. Like, it goes back to a couple chapters ago when he was talking about satisfying her, and she was like, I'm perfectly satisfied with the man I have, thank you. (laughs) He could beat all of you up, and I ain't afraid of you. Like, 
Oh, I just love it so, so much. And, you know, we were just talking about, like, Winter having her her big mm-hmm. moment with her with her line of I am thawing out. There's Scarlet. I'm not looking for personal commentary. Her little quips always makes me, oh, like, internally cackle because I'm just like, <laughs> I just picture it. I'm like, oh. I'm like, yes, girl, please. Exactly. Like, you, you say it. Like, she's everything I wish I could say. Like, internal monologue, that's my monologue. But I would never in a million years have, like, the the cojones to say that out loud but like Scarlett's it she is she's like you're gonna she's like you're not gonna eat this person no civilians Mm -hmm. no slaughter you're not gonna run rampant through the streets you're gonna help you're gonna help attack you're gonna help um attack who she serves but not the civilians you might have to help us train people Mm -hmm. you might have to help us carry injured people in and out of the line of fire but you're going to have to do it without hurting anybody, without going crazy in the streets, without going rampant through the streets. Got it? <laughs> He's like, okay. So, like, I'm so impressed by her, like, mm-hmm. cojones or however you say it, that they're just like, uh-huh. All right, girl. <laughs> and I do think part of Strom is, like, I can see why you have a mate. Just, like, a reminder of, like, mm-hmm. you're, you're still with him, right? Like. There's no wiggle room on that because, like, I'll take you out this Saturday, right? Like, <laughs> he, he definitely was like, "Um, is you still taken? Because I'm gonna, I kind of want to worm my way in here." He's <laughs> like, "I don't see a ring, so I mean, <laughs> what is that commentary someone makes? He's like, I'm um aroused and um, what is the what's the other one like taken aback or like uh, worried or something like that? And that's I feel like that's what he was feeling. He's like, oh, I'm oppressed and all." So yes, ma'am. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. So they decide to go to the next step. It's they've got the thaumaturgs are out of the way. They've recruited their mutant wolf soldiers somehow, like they promised Cinder <laughs> they would. And um, it's time for them to go to the sectors. Turns out they're right underneath lumber and wood, which is shockingly enough filled with labor workers right so (laughs) they head to the surface and once again winter starts hallucinating and already scarlet is taking charge carry her Mm -hmm. she can't possibly weigh that much you're supposed to be this amazing mutant wolf soldier carry her and they do yeah like without and it's like you know no controlling like it was yes she commanded it but it wasn't like they they had still had a choice and they did it of their own free will and volition and they wanted to yeah and she she was pretty nice about it she's like can somebody help her and it says the nearest soldier picked her up so like there was no hesitation Mm -mm. there was no like who's gonna do it there wasn't even a command it was like can someone yes let's do it like Mm -hmm. immediately they're taking care of each other already and that's what true support looks like. <laughs> yes, in case you were wondering. Lavana, <laughs> <laughs> hint, hint. I love Scarlet's line about, like, of course, Winter could get through to these. <laughs> <laughs> right, she could. I, I, that's. Um, I'm not going to read the quote because it's uh, <clears throat> something, in, you know, my quote, too. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So they get up there, they get up to lumber, and it turns out they're in a forest of these teeny, tiny, quote, quote, very forest. skinny trees. <laughs> yes. And I really need some fan art of these skinny trees. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be bamboo, right? Huh. I didn't picture. So I picture more like little baby saplings that just 
no matter how long ago like they planted it, it's just not getting what it needs because it's you know moon. So that's kind of how I pictured it, but I wasn't sure if it was bamboo. Now that you mentioned it, well, I, I for some reason I'm thinking at some point in the story it said bamboo, mm. like it said that they grow bamboo because they can grow it in abundance there. Okay, I don't know. You, I'm not. Google, I don't have a green thumb, so I wouldn't know what could grow where. <laughs> if you Google bamboo forest, you see a bunch of tall, very skinny trees. Yeah. So I, if I'm right, then that's what I'm looking at. That's what I'm envisioning. If I'm mm-hmm. wrong, please tell me. <laughs> So they walk into these tiny, skinny little trees. And this sector also has a Lavana fountain, of course. But unlike Maha's sector, this one is completely uncared for. There's weeds and grass and mud. Nobody likes this thing. Nobody's taking care of it. Nobody's touched it. Can we just make a sidebar here? And it's like, how full of yourself do you need it to be? <laughs> you have the fountain of yourself in right? every sector. Like, it's not one. It's literally every sector, just in case people are confused that they don't love you. Like, girl, really? Like, <laughs> oh. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I think it's interesting that we also have this moment where it's like, it's like, not only do they walk in and see Lovana's fountain and that it's like left to ruins, basically, they don't mm-hmm. care about it, but they like turn a corner and they also see civilians training themselves with weapons. And my brain immediately pictured the animated Mulan sequence Me where, too. yeah, there's like <laughs> them in the field and they're like yes. training with sticks and stuff. <laughs> yes, that's hilarious. So that literally, that literally was my my mental image with that i just pictured them like hua hua with little sticks exactly. and like a montage of like them getting worse to better you know that's what i pictured see you and i are just like we're always right there on the <laughs> same page i feel like yes same wavelength there <laughs> okay so just because i looked it up um, page 195 oh. of Winter, Jason talks about how it's bamboo um, because they can easily grow it. Oh. Um, says, da, 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 da. Sha, da, da, da. Most of the paper goods available in Artemisia's shops were made from pulped bamboo, which was one of the few resources that grew with abundance in the agriculture sector. So, I think it's bamboo, which would also explain why it's tall, skinny trees. It's, yeah. Unless, yeah. Are they even considered trees? If you look up bamboo forest, it's very skinny trees. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're really pretty looking, but it's not mm-hmm. like what uh, Scarlet would have been used to down in Earth. You know, like she's yeah, like that if you lush Google, forest. If you Google France woods, you're going to get stuff like what you would have seen in... Um, Beauty and the Beast. Right. Exactly. Where it's this big, lush forest filled mm-hmm. with... Like, flora um, and... Flora. And you're going to have multiple different types of, mm-hmm. of of trees, but mostly you're going to have, like, oak and pine and evergreen and big, thick, 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 thick trees. Not tall and skinny. Right. And like I said, right. it's not bamboo forest or it's not ugly. Like, it really is actually no, very it's pretty. Not. It's just not what you would expect when you hear the word forest forest exactly like if you tell me forest i picture you know not bamboo (laughs) so much so that that's not what i pictured even though it's literally in the book (laughs) you know it's also one of those things where i think 
And maybe this is like an American concept. I don't know because I've never lived anywhere outside the States. But like they also said this was lumber. Like this was the lumber and wood sector. When I picture lumber and forest, I literally picture those trucks with ha- that have like, you know, the logs stacked yeah. on top of each other. Like if you've ever driven down a highway in the Midwest, you've seen mm-hmm. lumber lots where they have like literally hundreds of naked tree trunks or not trunks. Uh, yeah, trunks. Yeah, yeah naked yeah. tree trunks. Um and it's just like hundreds of them. They don't have any branches. They don't have a top. They don't have a bottom. It's just logs. And so like if I were picturing a lumber sector, like that's what I would envision in my head. Right. Exactly. And like you said, like someone who like my my father is a trim carpenter. He works with wood. So when you say lumber, that's what I, I don't picture bamboo. You know, like mm-hmm. that's just not what comes to mind. So it's kind of sad for them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a little bit. And, you know, everybody's going to be different. You know, like I said, I grew up in the Midwest, so that's what I'm picturing. But if you grew up, you know, anywhere else, you might have different forestry that you're used to. For example, I'm currently living in Las Vegas, and there's no such thing. (laughs) No. (laughs) A bunch of Joshua trees and palm trees, and then everything else isn't supposed to be here. Like, we put it there. Yeah. I mean, that's the same here in Florida. Like everyone's like, oh, palm trees. But like what's native to Florida, palm trees aren't what you'd think of palm trees as really tall. Mm -hmm. It's the short little fat stubby ones that's native to here and everything else they brought in. So it looks like your stereotypical what you think of a palm tree, you know? So, you know, my favorite plant in Florida, I should look it up. There's two plants that I love in Florida. One of them is this like pink and white flower that I swear looks like something Dr. Seuss drew and it I, grows on trees. I think I know exactly what you're talking I about. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> I but don't I swear either. That's what it looks like. Um, and then I love that like thick moss that hangs from the trees. Yes. It reminds me of Scooby Doo. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I don't, I forget what they actually call that, but I love actually seeing that on the trees. It just, it's, I don't know why. I think it's called Spanish moss. I think you're right, actually. I'm looking it up. Yeah, Spanish yes, moss. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. It, it just, it gives you this really cool ambiance, you know? Yeah, it does. And it really sets the tone. Like I said, it really reminds me mm-hmm. of, um, of scooby-doo yes if you haven't been to new orleans they're chock full of this stuff and it really sets the mood for creepiness yeah. in a good way <laughs> in a good way yes so the i'm i'm googling things so the tree that i'm thinking of it's called a powder puff tree oh um and if you google um if you google powder puff tree flowers um i dare you to tell me that this doesn't look like something from dr yes. brain yes yes like, yes <laughs> It's funny because that's literally what I, when you said that, I was, that's what I pictured. When I, I said like Dr. How Seuss? Mm, yes. Yeah. <laughs> when you said that, I knew like mental image was like this. I was like, I've seen those. I've seen those. <laughs> yes. Walking around. I hear for show. For show. So they walk in back to the, oh, the yes. podcast. <laughs> there are no flowers. There's just these trees. They walk in and it's uh, a scene from Mulan where <laughs> all of the, it's a brilliant scene from Mulan mm-hmm. where all of the civilians are working together and Scarlet immediately has to be like, okay, please, please, please do not freak out. We actually, these are our trained soldiers now. 
I mean, you can't blame them because it's like uh-huh. this group of soul, and they're like, um, we didn't think you needed, like, this didn't merit that much, but okay, I guess we're getting slaughtered now for what we did. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, well, hold up, hold up. <laughs> she's also like, Winter takes, like, everyone looks at Winter and, like, immediately trusts the situation. And Scarlet has this moment where she, like, swells up with pride for her friend and her accomplishments like oh you got to give it to winter for what she can do mm-hmm. and i love that yeah i like that that moment that uh scarlet had for winter like you can really see their friendship shining through because of that like she is proud for her friend right and i do i did get an email well not an email but like a message of like hey this is something you mentioned on the podcast um that i'm a little too harsh with Scarlet for how she treats Winter. Mm, yeah. Mm, two things. One, yes, Scarlet is definitely rough around the edges and Winter is fragile. Mm-hmm. Two, Winter kept Scarlet in a cage where she slept on hay and ate practically nothing and couldn't stand up. Now, I know that she did that to save Scarlet's life, but let's not pretend that Winter is some kind of angel with a halo over her head. Right. They both have done things good and bad in their friendship and relationship. They are 100% equals. Yeah. So that's my defense of that scenario. Yeah. I mean, I can definitely see that because, you know, like, yeah, sometimes Scarlet is a little, but I feel like it's one of those things that if it's a true friendship and I'm not saying like, oh, you can be brash to them, but like, they're going to respect the honesty because that's what you're expecting from them as well. Like, I don't want someone who just yes, ma'ams me, you know, like I want the honest truth of it. If I'm being a bitch or if I'm being difficult, like I want you to call me out because I can't change that if I'm, you're not telling me. So I won't think there's anything wrong. So I think, yes, she is rough, a little hard on her but I feel like that helps winter in pulling who she really is out as well and maybe she could have do it a little bit in a better way because like you said winter is a little fragile but sometimes you need that little tough love from your friends I think also part of it isn't necessarily like tough love I think Scarlet genuinely treats winter without kid gloves yes because she sees everyone else treat her that way And she knows, she understands that, like, if everybody treats Winter like she's fragile, then Winter will see herself as as fragile. Mm -hmm. If at least one person shows up and expects Winter to to be in charge of her own destiny, then that's believing in her in a completely different way. You know, Jason coddles Winter so much. Yes, yes, yes. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. That's his way of taking care of her. But I think Scarlett's way of taking care of Winter is reminding her that this gift does not hold her back Mm -hmm. and does not stop her. Mm -hmm. So that's that's just my personal opinion. (laughs) No, I'm on I'm on your side on that one. Thank you. (laughs) I also love that when we get in there, Scarlett's like, I'm I don't actually know what my title is. She's like, what am I? (laughs) Um, (laughs) How does one describe this position that I am in? (laughs) She's like, I don't know what my rank is. Like, (laughs) if Thorin is captain and Selene is princess slash about to be queen and Winter is princess slash beautiful, like, who am I? Yeah, Ooh, I, she's like, I mean, I'm a pilot, but like, there, that doesn't mean much right now in this scenario. Like, okay, and you know, <laughs> well, and we do have a little bit of that. Oh, when does she say it? 
Um, I wonder if it's in book three or book four, but there's a scene where Cinder introduces people to Kai and she's like, this is tech support. And she's talking about like, she says that like in charge of technology and security or something like that. Mm -hmm. She's talking about Crest. She's like Thorn, our captain. Like, I just, oh, what is it? I don't know. (laughs) I'm going to, I'm looking it up. Maybe I can figure it out. How do you, do you have like a, a Kindle version that you? Oh, yes. Oh, okay. I was going to yes. say like, I, how are you doing this? <laughs> Otherwise, I am not that talented. I was, I was going to be extremely impressed if you could have lied and I would have been like, well, dang. <laughs> okay. So I'm on a page 145 of the uh, ebook. Um, Is it in it, winter then? Yes, it's okay. in winter. That's what I thought. Um it says, this is our ship's captain, Carswell Thorne, our software engineer, Chris Darnell, and my security officer, Wolf. So I'm guessing Scarlet would be the pilot. Mm-hmm. But I just, I think I mentioned it when we recorded that episode, too, that, like, I just absolutely loved that Cinder, like, gave them titles. It's a little... So that's in Chapter 17 of Winter, if anybody wants to look it up. That's funny. <laughs> me being crew. factual I know I love it so as it turns out uh, Strom does agree to help train the civilians he's a little like annoyed by it but he does say he'll do it begrudgingly <laughs> and they catch Scarlet up on what's been happening the sectors have been trying to communicate but it's very difficult because there's no way for them to communicate with technology they can't call they can't text or email or send a com or any of that so they have to like send runners back and forth and it's a very far distance so it takes a while to get messages uh, connected between the two they were able to overthrow their guards and they locked them up which scarlet says well at least they didn't kill them some of the messages that have been brought back to this lumber sector is (laughs) maha being murdered Mm. and her bravery has spread even to these sectors and amory meant for maha's death to be a warning to everyone else not to trust this celine not to follow her not to be a rebel but instead she has become a martyr and an inspiration you would think bad guys would understand how this works that it's never like here (laughs) it's a warning it's like no actually (laughs) like no actually this just encourages us exactly exactly it's always backfire on them you know as little folk man and the man says that he he talks about, like, how they're trying their best and they're trying to learn, but they're not warriors. And Scarlet says that we don't need warriors. We need people that are brave. That's what we need. And this is when Strom says, uh, this is when Strom says, a few more warriors. warriors. I don't know why I can't talk. <laughs> Actually, I do, because I just had a procedure on my mouth, and I'm still trying to get oh, it. Oh, no. I'm still trying to get it to open enough that I can get words out. Um, but Strom says that they actually could use a few more warriors. <laughs> so like, actually, back in formation. <laughs> Let's see. So this is where my song title comes from. Let's see if we can't make you a, look a little less pathetic. Um, and that segues us. We'll talk about our song titles because Barb and I have the same song title, which is Make a Man Out of You from yes. Disney's Mulan. So I, and I'm not even like, this is literally how it happened, right? Like you said, I was reading 
that this chapter and that uh-huh. scene just popped up in my head and I actually even started singing it like humming it while I was reading it and I scrolled down to take my notes and you had that I was like well dang it and I tried for like 10 minutes trying to picture something else and I was like nothing fits like this song and so I was like you know what I'm gonna say screw it and I'm just gonna have to pick this because it literally that's how it happened I was and it, it popped up and it even says, like, even with Strom's last line right there, like, he's going to have that he lets make that immediately. I was like, a mm-hmm. man out of you. Yes. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so nobody has to vote on that one, which kind of makes me happy because that means I automatically win. It's <laughs> <laughs> not let's a competition. Talk- <laughs> we won. Yes. Let's talk about your quote. Yeah, like so I kind of mentioned this or hinted at it earlier, but I didn't want to spoil it because I think it's <laughs> funny. Egg. Yes, exactly. But <laughs> it just made me chuckle because it's, you know, uh, Scarlett saying like, or maybe it was just Winter who could make a rock fall in love with her if she just smiled at it the right <laughs> way. It just makes me like laugh so hard and just like it's showing Scarlett's personality and also like Winter's too all rolled up in one, you know? And it just makes me laugh because I just pictured Winter looking at a rock and the rock just like following her around afterwards, even though that would never happen. But that's just, it just cracked But me. I like that imagery. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> kind of what it pictured. So I was just like, this just, it's funny. <laughs> yes, 100%. So mine, we already talked about too. Amory had intended for Maha's death to act as a warning to anyone who sided with Cinder, but here at least it had the opposite effect. Maha Kesley had become a martyr. Love it. Just mm-hmm. perfect. Honestly, it's so perfect. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a break so everybody can hear a little commercial for Barb's podcast. Hi, I'm Michael. I'm Barbara. And I'm Lauren. We are the hosts of Badass Literature Society, a book review podcast where we take book recommendations from listeners like you, read them, and then discuss them on our show. Join us once a month as we dive into the books you picked and talk about them. And don't miss our bonus episodes covering all sorts of random bookish topics that come out in between reviews. Don't worry, if you want to read one of the books, the first part of each episode is designated spoiler-free, so you can listen and see if you'd like to read it, and then come back and listen to the rest later. You can find Badass Literature Society on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, and anywhere else you like to listen. Now, back to the show. Okay, welcome back. (laughs) That's how it works. Magical Um, editing. (laughs) (laughs) So chapter 60, we are in Lavana's perspective. She's getting updates about the the rebellion and how everybody's revolting. And she's just like, keep calm. Don't show fear. Don't show anxiety. And it kind of mirrors what Scarlett was doing in the last chapter um, where she was kind of like, okay, don't let these wolves know how afraid we are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's so interesting considering how much we love Scarlet and hate Lavana. Right. It's just so it's a, it's a you- weird parallel, but I mm-hmm, like it. Mm-hmm. Different sides of the same coin or whatever that saying right. is. Yeah. She Lavana also gives the readers an interesting perspective. Everything in the capital seems completely normal. But the rest of her planet, in quotations, <laughs> is in complete chaos. And it's just a reminder that she's in this bubble where she doesn't actually see the suffering of her people mm-hmm. because she's not involved in the lives of the suffering of her people. Yeah, it's a very good 
contrast of, like you said, like her being in a bubble thinking life is so great in her quote unquote planet in reality, that's never been the case. And this is like a huge stark contrast to that. Yeah, it's a perfect example of how removed she is from the main population. Yep. Yeah. Sumaya from Patreon says, when she asks if she is a good queen, she is genuinely confused. The fact that Lavana still doesn't see what a tyrant right. she is, is crazy. Her girl is in a massive denial. Yes. <laughs> she literally can't. We, Patreon and I uh, had a meeting the other day. It was wonderful. And we talked about these chapters and we, we discussed a lot of how Lavana just does not see what is actually happening around her. It was the same with uh, with Everett, mm. where she was like, he loves me. He doesn't, like, know it yet, but, like, he loves me. <laughs> it sounds like, oh, that's not how love works. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! The civilians are fi- so. This is the information that Lavana is getting. Not only are there civilians fighting back, they're stealing. They're stealing weapons. They're stealing ammunition. They're stealing food. They're they're halting supplies. They're working with the other sectors. They're like coming together to attack her. And and I, she's just like, this is ridiculous. How dare they steal food? I need that for my wedding. How dare they steal ammunition? I need that for my war on Earth. How dare they steal supplies when I'm about to have a coronation? She's so out of touch. I know. It's not even funny at this point. It's like, what planet are you living on? Like, Lavana planet? Because that's just not how this works, woman. Right? Yeah. Sumaya from Patreon says, I just have to say, I love that everything is falling apart in front of Lavana. She must be having a great day. And <laughs> Olivia says, hashtag karma. <laughs> it's, it's, it reminds me of that meme where it's like the little dog and he's in his little kitchen and everything's on fire. And he's like, this is fine. Everything is fine. Like, this is Lavana. <laughs> she's like, the, her plan is going up in flames. And she's like, everything you know what? Fine. Everything is fine. Can you more, like, snap, snap more wine, please? <laughs> oh my gosh it's like anytime a sitcom does that too right where it's like mm-hmm. they'll be, chaos will be happening and somebody knocking on the door like is everything okay in there everything's fine right don't come in this is not suspicious right <laughs> so lavana orders wine <laughs> It cracks me up that she's just like, I'll have a glass of wine to go with your karma. Um, (laughs) Opportune moment for me to drink heavily. (laughs) A thaumatur shows up, and to add insult to injury, he tells her that eight thaumaturges are dead, and that Wolfen soldiers have aligned themselves with Winter. And oh yeah, by the way, Winter is not dead. Jason didn't kill her. She's alive and walking around and stealing your soldiers. Like the straw that broke Lavana's back. <laughs> she snaps. She like completely snaps. And um, I picture it kind of like um I can't remember which book it is, but in one of the books, she's like upset and she's holding a wine glass and she just like cracks it yeah. in her hands. Yes. That's what I'm picturing right, <laughs> right here. She's just like Ugh! It reminds me of how Hades is from the Disney movie Hercules, you know? That's <laughs> yeah, what it reminds me of. <laughs> Where his head is on fire and he's yes. like, okay, I'm, I'm okay. He's doing his little hair back. He's like, okay, it's okay, it's okay. Like, that's what it reminded me of of this scene. <laughs> 
So this is when Levana snaps. Not only is her planet in upheaval and all of her people are stealing supplies and revolting, revolt, revolting? Yeah, revolting Revol- against yeah. her. Yeah. Uh, but Winter is alive and she took Levana's soldiers. Just, it's too far now. Becca from Patreon says, one of my favorite lines in chapter 60 is when Levana says, I suppose it is too much to hope that they found the girl, that they found the dear girl ripped to bloody shreds. I just imagine Levana's eyes twitching as she says Yes, this. yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, every, was it like animation or like Disney when the characters, <laughs> like that little eye twitch, like, are you kidding me? Like, coming out of their ears, their face yes. going bright red. Yes, absolutely. Amory offers to go and kill Winter. I'll do it for you. But Lavana is done trusting him. She doesn't trust anybody anymore, basically. Yeah. She's like, you like Winter too much. There was a hesitation and she sniffed that out, man. Yes. And Lavana glamours scars on her cheek. Uh, this was a low blow. Yeah. And then throws the wine when he has a reaction to it. She reminds me of very, like, a petulant child who didn't learn how to grow up, you know? Yeah. In this scene, it's just like, come on. So this moment reminds me of Voldemort from Harry Potter, Mm -hmm. where Voldemort says that Potter lives is due more to my errors than his triumphs. And that is how Lavana is looking at the situation. Winter is only alive because I have trusted the wrong people with killing her when I should have just done it myself. Yes, I said, you know, sure. Okay, you know, these people can't fathom the fact that, you know, these they could actually be smart and resourceful, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's. Or the fact that people genuinely like Winter, you know? It, it It's like that is just too mind-boggling for her to grasp of a concept. So she's like, no, it's just because I am surrounded by fools and therefore I must do it to get the job done type thing. And it's like, girl, this is why you're going to lose because you underestimate everybody. And everything. Mm-hmm. She underestimates the capabilities of the people around her, right? But she also underestimates their their abilities to love. Yeah. Kind of like in his own, even even Amory in his own weird way, not love, but desire, certainly. Right. Yeah, definitely not. It's twisted love if you you know, if you see it in that way. Yeah. Like creepy. <laughs> I'm a good queen. Am I not? Lindworm tensed. Of that there is no doubt. I have held this country together. I have waged a war for them. So my people might have access to all that Earth has to offer. I have done it for them. Why are they doing this? Why do they love her when she has done nothing to deserve it? If she wasn't so pretty, they would see her for what she is. Manipulative. Conniving. She's made a mockery of everything we stand for. Neither Amory nor Lindworm responded. Drawing in a shuddering breath, Lavana snapped. Find another servant to bring me more wine. Lindworm bowed and retreated. Death is not good enough for her, Lavana murmured to herself, pacing past Amory. Death was the merciful choice, because I made a promise to my husband. But... 
She has lost her right to mercy. I want them all to see her as she is, as weak and pathetic on the outside as she is within. Amory's lips tightened. He looked smug, even when he was groveling. Tell me how best I can serve you. This rebellion has gone on quite long enough. No food or supplies are to be sent to the outer sectors unless they are prepared to beg for forgiveness. It is time the citizens of Luna were reminded how lucky they are to have me. It just goes to show she has such a warped idea of self-image that she only can think like, oh, it's because winter is so beautiful. That's why they like her. It's like, um, no, it's the inside that counts, not not physical appearance. But she does right. not understand that. And that's like one of her what is it, Achilles heel type, you yeah. know? And you know what's interesting is Ivana has always had this this ideology that mm-hmm. that beauty is uh that beauty equals devotion. That's why she's glamored mm-hmm. herself to look a certain way throughout her life. That's why she she glamored herself to look like Everett's dead wife when yeah. they first got together, right? Yeah. And I think it's interesting that we sort of see Lavana's reaction to all of this information. And this is what she does with all of the information she was just given she decides, all right, cut off food and supplies, and I'm going to go kill winter. And it's like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Out of everything you just heard. Right. That's what you picked up on? Amas <laughs> are dead. The wolves have, the wolves had, you know, switched sides. Your, your people are training themselves to fight against you. They're stealing supplies. They're stealing food. And you're like, all right, well, fine. Cut off what we have that we're still giving them, I guess. Good luck with that. Right. Um, and I'll go kill winter. I was like, out of everything you just heard, the only thing that matters to you is that Winter is still alive? Mm-hmm. She needs to sort out her priorities. <laughs> Olivia from Patreon says, that moment Lovana learns Winter is alive is definitely such a Snow White moment, and it makes mm-hmm. me so happy to see all the details Marissa put in from the original fairy tales. Yes. yes. Little, the, the, um, what is it called? Not egg drops. Why am I thinking Easter, egg. Easter eggs, girl? Easter it's egg. late. <laughs> the Easter eggs, like yes, uh, and we eat it up. <laughs> we do. We we collect those eggs in our basket for yes. sure. Also, can I just lol at your notes here, where it says Lavana has a villain speech here about how awesome she is. <laughs> you're missing out on my notes they they can get pretty funny oh my gosh when i read that i just cackled i was like (laughs) (laughs) oh man sumaya from patreon says we can't overlook that even in her own twisted way she still loves everett death was the merciful choice because i made a promise to my husband um what very well said, Sumaya. Yeah, it's interesting that she even has this concept of love where she's like, I made a promise to Everett. And it's like, you killed Everett. Like, mm-hmm. you can't, you had Everett murdered to further your political career. So you can't really tell me that, like, oh, I made a promise to Everett and I love him. So it's like, okay, but your ambition is why he's dead. So why do you right. care about his daughter all of a sudden? Right. And, like, caring is a very strong word for her. But, yeah. It's like, well, it's, I, I'm just saying, like, right. her whole thing her is, like, I promised, 
Right. Like her mm-hmm. promise, her whole thing is like, I promised Everett that I would take care of Winter. And it's like, okay, but um, you also murdered Everett for political gain and ambition. Like, this so is- maybe your promise doesn't really matter. Right. Like, this is this is the hill you're going to die on. Right. Like, like, you like- already took that step <laughs> in getting his ass murdered, but this here you don't cross. Okay. <laughs> this, is the, this is the line. If you were wondering where it is, this is the line. Like, what Up until now, but like, because now that promise doesn't matter. Now that, right. again, now that her, now that it's getting in the way of her ambition, mm-hmm, the promise mm-hmm. no longer matters. Like, she, like, leaps and bounded over that light, and now she's yes. like, oh, no, like, that's not oh, how no. it works. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lavana, honey, you needed some friends. <laughs> right? <laughs> so this chapter ends with Lavana saying that she's going to go, um, she says that she has a special task for Dr. Evans. And she says that she's going to deal with the princess herself like she should have done a long time ago. It's like every bad guy's like favorite montage is like, I will deal with this, you know? Yeah. (laughs) What I should have done a long time ago. That's such a generic line. It (laughs) is. But they love to use it. I love that they use it. (laughs) Yeah. So let's talk about your song choices for this. Yes. So I did, I did something bad by Taylor Swift and it just kind of made me think like, I feel like this is Lavana Cause she's like, you know what? I did something like, I know like deep down, I feel like she knows, she knows what she's doing and she gives zero Fs about it, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of, I mean, I feel like Everyone should know this song, so I don't have to read the lyrics. It's a good song. <laughs> like, you should know the lyrics by heart, so you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but. So I chose two songs. One I like more than the other. So let's do the one I don't like as much. Um, <laughs> what Goes Around Comes Around by Justin Timberlake, mm-hmm. uh, who's actually one of my husband's favorite singers. Oh my gosh, um, shut up. Really? It's Michael's as yeah. well. Yeah, he thinks he he loves, he just thinks he's like one of the most talented people to come out of the 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and early 2000s, I guess, right? But no, it's, no. Um, it's karma. What goes around, goes around, goes around, comes all the way back around. Yep. That's it. That's pretty much the only part of this song that works. But I do <laughs> like it, and it is a good song. It is. I also cho- chose People You Know by Selena Gomez from her album Rare, which I think is just an incredible album. But it's about losing – I think it's about that time in your life when you realize that someone you used to be really close to is no longer a part of your life. Mm-hmm. And I think that happens. Maybe maybe younger people don't know this like or haven't experienced it yet. That throughout your life the older you get like I don't know the people I went to middle school with anymore I probably wouldn't even recognize half the people I went to high school with if I ran into them at Target right and then you we spent like every it's what seemed like every second of the day with them and now they're like a distant memory right and it's like I don't even know where they are in their lives yeah um so we used to be close, but people can go from people you know to people you don't. And what hurts the most is people can go from people you know to people you don't. Fitting. Right? Mm-hmm. So many wasted nights with you. 
I still could taste it. I hate it. Wish I could take it back. That kind of reminds me a lot of her promise to Everett. I was going to say, like, it's her relationship with him. Yeah, she. I, I genuinely think she regrets making that promise to him. And I think she's regretted every time Winter has annoyed her in the tiniest way, she's regretted making that promise. Yeah. Plus, I feel like it's a constant memory of him, too, every time, like, Winter looks at her, you know? Like, that can't be easy. It's like, hey, remember that one time when you murdered her dad? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's also her relationship with her people. She has always assumed that her people love her, that her people appreciate everything she's done for them, that her people are happy and devoted to her as a queen, and now she's realizing that they don't. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's it's that same thing from people you know to people you don't. Yeah, it's like a I feel like this chapter is a massive wake up call and she still doesn't oh, yeah. get it. Like she still doesn't She doesn't grasp get it. it. No, not completely. It's like Sumaya said, like how does she have all this information yeah. and still think she's a good queen? Right. Like it sh- I guess I should have said it should have been a wake up call for her and then she's But it wasn't. Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So let's talk about your chapter quote for this one. Uh, mine was on page 513 and it was, I have begun to wonder if perfection might be its own flaw. I feel like she was so close and grasping that concept. And then she was like, no, that's not it. You know, that's what, you know, but it's such a beautiful quote to take out of context. It is. Like if I read that in a fortune cookie, I'd be like, yes. Right. (laughs) Like in anybody else saying that, I feel like it's like, yes, it's such a strong thing to say. But with her, it's like that she's not, she's, she got it so much that she does it. You know, it's like you had it, you had it in your grasp, you, you understood, but then you brush it aside and say, no, that's not it. It can't be that. I agree. So my quote was, her city, her moon, the planet that she would someday rule hanging off the horizon nearly full. Kind of similar to what you were saying, but in a parallel way. Mm -hmm. Everything is so close. It's right in her grasp. It's touching her fingertips. She can practically feel it. It's practically tangible. And she has she has determined in her mind that it's just there's just a couple of things that are in her way. But she has the right of way. She has the 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 best path forward is through her. And so she doesn't see the alternative option. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. That's that's her. Like I love well-written villains they're not just like i like when they're not so one-dimensional it's like i'm evil just because it's like no like give them beats to hit give them marks give them an arc even if it's like a terrible arc and this is a prime example of that one of my favorite things is when will when i think it's become more and more common in recent years especially in young adult literature and young adult films Mm -hmm. To give villains a redemption arc. Mm-hmm. And I like when they don't have one. So I want to say like I understand completely. What I don't like is like I want to know 
why they did this not so i can be like oh poor them just so i can understand like i said like to give that dimensional arc of a character because if they're just pure evil just because like i feel like absolutely you don't connect to them but also i don't like when you said like you know when we're supposed to have a redemption they're like oh no because i don't want to feel that for them but i want to be like okay now i understand why they're like this but let me hate them you know like get that that so i I completely agree with that like i want that backstory but don't make it where it's like i'm empathizing because i don't want to feel that way like it doesn't matter that what happened to her shouldn't have made her this evil. Because, like, bad things happen to people all the time. That doesn't give you that justification to be an awful human being. Right. And she's giving herself that. She's like, well, this A, B, and C happened to me, so I have the right to be like, like, no, girl, you don't. And that's what I love most about Ferris. I think Ferris gives us such insight. It, like, perfectly explains everything mm-hmm. about Lavana's personality. But I do not feel bad for her. I do right. not walk away reading from that, giving her an ounce of sympathy. Right. Like she, especially after what she does with Everett. Right. The way that she treats Everett. I, I mean, yeah, just, yeah. Like, yeah, like you said, it gives that backstory of the reasoning of why she is like that, but it's not so far to you're like, Oh no, poor her. Like, no, 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 mm-hmm. no, no, poor her. Like she, <laughs> she is a manipulative awful human and she doesn't see that she thinks she's just dandy you know so, clearly kind of reminds me of umbridge from harry potter where she thought she was doing good yes where she's like this is the right way to do this this is this is the i am the person who is paving the way to make a brighter and better world mm-hmm. not the person who is destroying or causing evil they don't see themselves as evil right they painted in the such a light where it's like, oh, well, I'm causing this for the greater good. Yes. And it's like, mm, <laughs> that's a bit flawed. I think that's it for today's chapters. It's getting good. It's getting good. Not that it never was, let's be honest. Oh, right. But we're <laughs> we are at a point, guys, where it's the hard rest to of down. the book is going to be hard. Yeah, it's hard to um, put down. I it remember. is. It is. Like, I flew through this one. I remember, like, um, I took off time of, I took work off so I could read it. <laughs> the next episode you're getting is not chapter discussion. The next episode, I'm happy to announce, is going to be a bonus Thanksgiving episode with writer Sumaya Haji, who has written us a beautiful fan fiction about Omega Bob. Oh, that's so I'm very excited for everyone to listen to it and to read the fan fiction um, and experience it with us to celebrate Thanksgiving. Um, And then in December, we will return with chapter discussion on December 5th. Dang, you're just dangling that carrot out to them, man. (laughs) And we're going to discuss chapters 61, 62, and 63 next time. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Miss Barb, where can people find you and your podcast on social media if they would like to do so? So pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find us there. Um, 
just badass literature society. And then on Instagram and Facebook, we're also there. Our handle is at badasslitpod. It's a really good podcast, too. Oh, thanks. We There's at least one episode with me if you guys want to go. Yes. Like, if you need somewhere to start, there is a Marissa episode. There is. We did. And honestly, like, we need to actually – we have so many recommendations and say, and that we're trying to, like, catch up on it. But since we only do one a, <laughs> one a month. Oh, it's so hard it's when you hard. Only do one And a then month. sometimes, like, we try not to skip a month, but, like, you know, life happens. So it's just sometimes, yeah. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, like, we need to do the rest of the series. <laughs> so when, it's you hard know, when you're 20 doing years from this, because... we'll get back to it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've, my podcast is, we're not even going to start Gilded until, like, 2026. Is that so... <laughs> insane to think by then? Like, Marissa, oh hold, like, fingers crossed she'll be doing this until I die type thing, you know? So, yeah. Like, she promised me I wasn't going to run out of material anytime soon, and I plan on holding her to that. <laughs> but by the time this comes out, it will have been announced, so I'm okay with with sharing it with listeners and with you. Ooh. Her next project is another Instant Karma novel. Really? Yes. So, so is it like same universe or same characters? Both. But, oh, yeah. Okay. Is it going to be like secondary characters that we're going to get? A... She hasn't given that kind mm. of information, but I know in the past she's talked about one from Jude, her brother. Oh. So okay. that's what, because I also remember her asking questions about like Dungeons and Dragons. So I'm really hoping for that because mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. a nerd. But do you like so, Dungeons and Dragons? I do. Shut the F up. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> my oh. husband and I play games all the time. Oh my gosh. So I okay, so I I knew of it, but then like Mike was all about it and he always wanted to play and then like n- never whatever. Like he never got to it. And then he found like, "Hey, like do you mind like I found when COVID happened, right? Cuz you know, inside." He's like, "Hey, do you mind like we can play online?" Like, I found a group I really wanted to try it. Would you please do it for me? And I was like, you know, fine, whatever. Like, I'll do this for you. Girl, but when like, I it's you. <laughs> this is how much I heart you. And Aww. I was like, okay, fine. Like, okay. you know, like, he enjoys, he puts up with my Taylor Swift. This is, you know, I could do this. This is the equivalent. Him, right? <laughs> <laughs> and when I tell you, I am, like, so into it because it's a visual novel to me. Like, but yeah. I get to pick the story. And I'm having such a blast and I never imagined that that would be the case. And I'm like shooketh from it because I'm like, this is like I get to, it's like creating a story, but then you get outside help, you know? And your it's choices, fun. your choices kind of manipulate how the story goes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. it's really, oh my gosh, girl. We just, I just, I'm telling something. you, we need to live closer. I know. You and I, every time I talk to you, I'm like, we are basically the same person. I know. <laughs> Why can't you just tell the hubster to be like, hey, just pick somewhere close? <laughs> because he's a like that, I know, trust me, my right? sister, my sister's <laughs> really to one too. To in Florida. <laughs> I know. No, what is a hot spot. List, but we never seem to get anything off our dream list. Yeah, so, my know. sister doesn't ever <laughs> know, either. Right? It's like, why do we even have one of those? I know. I t- I was like, why do they even give you a choice? Because it's like, no. 
they're like they're always like little military insight they're like they're always like well what are your top three choices we're not going to give you any of those or anywhere near them and we right. were never even considering it but what are they out of curiosity <laughs> it's like oh you wanted that let me just crumble this up like a piece of paper and throw it I on the was, ground <laughs> i know i was talking to somebody and they were like well, why don't you guys just move and i was like that's oh, the military doesn't work that that's way. That's not how that works. Because <laughs> I've been struggling to find a job. I've been unemployed for almost a year. Mm, and I I'm remember. still looking for a job. And yeah. a lot of people I meet, they're like, well, why don't you just move? It's not, like, not that simple. I can't. My husband is in the military. They're like, oh, he, they, he can't just go to another base? No, that's not how it works. Yeah. You, you pretty much get told what to do and you just have yeah. to be My like, my favorite is when people are like, well, have you asked? <laughs> yes <laughs> well for example uh we just got here in april and we just found out oh no we just got here in april um and we may only be here two years oh that's oh which means by the time we get like settled, settled. And, yeah yeah i mean we've been here for like nine months already so that's like almost half gone already especially like not to age myself, but like it's harder to make friends when you're older just because you're not right? mostly surrounded by like, you know, right. school essentially or something like that. So like that's like the sweet spot. Like you finally got settled in, like you have maybe some few friends that you actually do activities with and you're just going to have yeah. to up and oh girl, I feel man, that sucks. That's why I'm so grateful for internet friends and for my Patreon, which is basically just a giant group of friends. Yes. Seriously, if you're listening and you're like, what's Patreon? I give you guys lots of perks, but it's like 90% Discord and Zoom. It's like, we just talk about everything. Even like, even stuff that's not Marissa related. Like, let me go to the Discord right now and tell you the last like chain discussion we had (laughs) Oh, okay. So we went down a rabbit hole of pets. Oh. Uh, and horses and Yorkies. And then <laughs> other. <laughs> we also went down a rabbit hole of like um, cosplay and uh, um, crafting. That's uh, the stuff that people create. I'm always just super impressed. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. I'm always I hate when people are like oh cosplay I was like you know what a they're not bothering anyone b the amount of work and vision that goes into this kind of stuff like I don't see people making fun of people who create the clothes you wear it's literally the same right it's the same thing like and even then like the stuff that they use to create this like it's ingenious so take a step back and quit being so judgmental about people's likes because if it's not it it doesn't bother you like it it doesn't have anything to do with you it's like just back off like seriously uh it irks me so much but i'm like so glad now like you mentioned earlier this day and age like people are so more accepting of stuff like this right yeah there's um a quote by our queen. I'm looking it up right now so I can play it for everybody. There's a quote by our Lord and Savior Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I Google. I'm putting. I'm playing it on 
Yeah, like the worst kind of person is someone who makes someone feel bad, dumb, or stupid for like being excited about something. There you oh, go. Okay, that was the type of person. I'm excited. I couldn't have, couldn't have said better myself. That's it. Exactly. Yep. And with that, we will leave you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you very much for coming because I appreciate it. You can yes. find the links for Barb and our featured fan artists in the show notes. Next time we are going to cover... Omega Bob, the fan fiction <laughs> short story. And then we will cover winter chapters 61, 62, and 63. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Check out Patreon for an, a chance to be a guest with me on an episode and lots more fun perks. Very fun. <laughs> and don't be the type of person that makes somebody feel bad, dumb, or mm-hmm. stupid for mm-hmm. liking something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, snaps for Taylor. <laughs> Our Lord and Savior. <laughs> Our Lord and Savior. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. I always have a blast. And honestly, people, you need to like sign up for this because it's a joy to do. <laughs> it really is. It is a lot of fun. I know I get so many people that are like, your episodes are like two hours long. I'm like, it goes by really fast. I promise it, does. it doesn't. It does. You, you're talking so much that like mm-hmm. you don't nec- you don't even realize that. Like I just looked and was like, oh, it's 140. We've been on here for two hours. All right. right. No wonder I have no I was like, uh, like- <laughs> it's late for me here in Florida, but like I'm just like, I'm having so much fun. I'm like, meh, you know. <laughs> Like now, I'm gonna have to come down from this to go to bed. Exactly, because I know that this is gonna happen with the the Taylor episode. I just know it, and I'm gonna be like, you know what, uh, screw it. <laughs> Wait, I'll call in sick. It's fine, right? <laughs> <laughs> I got the Taylor cop. <laughs> Listeners, thank you for being here. Uh, keep reading, keep listening, and until next time, don't get glamored. <laughs> bye, bye. The chapters discussed today are from Winter by Marissa Maya, and the audio clips were from Rebecca Solaire's performance of Winter on the Gnomon Audiobook Production. This podcast is hosted and produced by Bethany Finger, and today's special guest was Bard from the Badass Literature Society podcast. The intro-outro music was composed by Emma Pablo, and the logo art was created by Sunlit Tangles on Instagram. Thank you for listening. You are getting sleepy, very sleepy. Your CPAP mask is clamped tightly to your face. Right, my darling? Yes, dear. You will not toss and turn through the whooshing. You will not throw the mask. You will not dislodge the hose and blast air all about the bedroom. You will not wake me, your loving husband, who yearns for even a single night of uninterrupted slumber, please. It's not working, Harold. People who struggle with CPAP have partners who struggle too. Luckily, now there's Inspire. Inspire treats the root cause of sleep apnea inside your body. While you sleep, Inspire keeps your airway clear so you can breathe normally and rest comfortably. No mask, no hose, just sleep. When I snap my fingers, you will remember to visit InspireSleep.com to learn more. Inspire, sleep apnea innovation. Inspire is not for everyone. Talk to your doctor to see if it's right for you and review important safety information at InspireSleep.com.